0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics.
2: And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track, over his head. And over the Do you believe
1: that? And 29 other MLB clubs.
2: Ramirez with a drive to deep right. Away, back, gone. Go
3: hey. It's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh, boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judge in blast. All rise. Here comes the Judge.
1: Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe from humidors, to spin rates, to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend.
0: Well, it is hard to believe the final A's Cast Live of 2022, obviously we don't do these shows for day games, because there's nothing going on behind us. But since this is the last game of the year, it's a special edition. We're gonna have Mark Kotze, the Mark Kotze Show, is gonna be coming up here at 10:15. Vince Catronio is gonna be here at 11, and there may be some special guests. Now, Mark Kotze contacted me and said he wanted to go right out of the gate, but we said, "No, you're getting bumped." for your all-star catcher, Sean Murphy. So we had to bump cots <laughs> to get you in earlier, early today because you're in the lineup. Uh, it is great to finally get you on once again on A's Cast Live. How have you been? Good. How are you? Oh, good. Is it is it is it me or is it just like, wow, it's the last game of the year? Hard to believe.
4: Yeah, it's always a weird feeling on the last day. Uh, you know, you don't know whether you'll pack up your locker. You, know, you don't want to leave. You don't want it to be over. But, you know, I think everybody uh, – you know, can feel good about some of the efforts and the strides that they've made this year.
0: And for you, you've had since you've come up, you're used to like, all right, we're battling to get in the postseason. You've been used to that. How has this been I know it's different. How different has it been for you? Um it's a little different as
4: far as uh my role, uh in the clubhouse. Uh, you know, as a young guy, so, you know, I just let Chappie and Ole and those guys handled, you know, trying to be the leaders and I was just here to play. Um but uh So this year I had to take a bigger role from from that perspective. But other than that, it's the same preparation that I was doing every day, you know, the last couple of years. So nothing changed
0: there. When did you really feel that I do need to be more of a leader? And just not by example, it's got to be more vocal, too. When when did you say, all right, this is what I have to become?
4: You felt it in spring training, probably with the Mania trade, when he was kind of the last guy to go. And you looked around the clubhouse, you're like, "Oh, there's not, uh, you know, as many familiar faces around here. So someone's got to do something.
0: Yeah, I tell you what, I was right there when Sean Mania, we you know, we woke up, and found out about it, and Sean Maniah comes walking in. I remember you were playing cards at the time. I was kind of right behind you and like guys were like in tears, you went up and up but hugged them. That was a weird moment and then after his start I actually walked over and walked into the Padre's clubhouse and interviewed Sean in the and I'm looking at him in Padre gear, and I'm like, this just does not look right but yeah that yeah. was that was a definite change, but you know it was a change that it was going to be your team and it's your team going forward a lot of responsibility you still had a great year though, so what's that been like now having to say that yeah this is my team uh,
4: I mean, you know I just I just learned from people. Uh, you know ahead of me so you know I didn't have to reinvent the wheel or anything um, you know I didn't I didn't do a lot of the vocal leading uh, that's not really my style I'm not a big rah-rah guy I'm not a big uh, jump around guy but uh, you know my goal is to lead by example and, and go out there and try and play every day and, and grind through the season and, and just show up and be ready uh, every single day so uh, you know that's where I take pride and I want to set that example for young guys.
0: One of the things that's so tough for for modern day catchers, what people don't realize, and we just talked to Ray Fossey about this all the time, but we're like, they didn't have a lot of guys throw, so you knew your guys. Yeah, I mean, in a World Series, in a World Series, they use six pitchers. I mean, it's crazy to think. And now, when we talk about sixty-four players used this year, all the different pitchers. What's it like with all these different guys that have been thrown out there? And you got to know these guys. you got to know what they like to throw. you got to know what makes them tick. I mean, the volume of pitchers this year, what's that been like?
4: Uh, that's probably been the biggest challenge for me, uh, just as far as having all these different guys coming in. And uh, I don't want to let them down. Um, and, and, you know, when you, have, when you have this, you know, cast of characters, a rotating group, and, and uh, you know, I, I just feel bad because um, I want to do the best every time I can out. But... You know i don't know guys as well and so i'm I'm asking them for help and i'm asking them you know hey call your game teach me what you do do what you do and i'll i'll get on the same page as you i'll try and catch up with you because i don't want to call a game for a guy and have it not be the way he likes to pitch and then you know have him get hit and then you know that's my fault uh and you know so i feel i would feel bad um just trying to get you know get used to guys and uh yeah so you know. Last couple of years, we had the same kind of, same kind of staff every year. It was you know Montas, Pass, and I, and those guys. You know, I was got on the same page with those guys. Um, so it was a whole learning process, a whole learning curve.
0: You know, when I think about technology coming into the game, pitchcom, have you liked it this year? Is it success? And what could you do maybe to improve it?
4: I honestly liked it. Uh, I don't think there was there was, there were too many issues with it. I think we've had one or two mishaps with the receivers not working or whatever but other than that um it takes away some of the you know the paranoia and the constant sign changing you know I feel like uh in the past years we were changing signs every couple pitches because <laughs> guys were just getting so good at, at figuring them out so you know every three pitches we'd have to change them uh, and uh you know that was taking time and, you know sometimes it would cause a cross-up so I think it's easier I like it more
0: it's almost like you came up in the Cold War era where everybody's stealing like it's like like everybody's a spy. It's, yeah, it's that's what un- it felt like. it's unbelievable. And then next year, I mean, we've seen a couple pitchers in this series where they're like we're timing them. They're like thir- and they're, they're Angels. Uh they're like 34 36 seconds. What do you think of the pitch clock?
4: Um I'm a fan. Uh, I don't think it'll it'll hurt anybody too much. Uh <coughs> guys will just get used to it um i don't think it's that aggressive of a time but uh some guys do like to take their time with it
0: yeah no doubt uh it'll be it it'll be when you got guys with runners on base and they're used to huffing and puffing and walking around and rubbing the ball down and then getting on the mound no 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 you got 20 seconds let's go
4: yeah uh i'm all for quicker games uh
0: as a catcher, right? Absolutely. You don't want to be out there for three hours and forty nine minutes. No,
4: no, I don't. Uh yeah, I'm all for quicker games. You know, count me in.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Uh for you in the off season, uh you got a house in Nashville now, right? I do. Yeah. How's that transition gonna be? Uh we'll see. Uh you
4: know, I haven't really been in it. I went uh went there for the all star break just to check it out for the yeah. first time. And uh Yeah, I've only seen it for like an hour, so We'll see what kind of projects I have when I get back to the house. A lot, of, a lot of unpacking boxes, all that stuff.
0: I'm just going to let you know now, spring training, first questions are going to be, all right, let's break, because I'm going to be going there next year. Okay. Barbecue. you got to do the scouting report because the barbecue, I know country music. If you love country music, it's the mecca, and there's entertainment going on every single night. But the barbecue is one of the best in the country. you got to scout them out.
4: All right, I'll let you know. That, yeah.
0: That's going to be the big project in the off season.
4: Yeah, I'll write some scouting reports for you.
0: So today, really emotional. And last night even, because, you know, Kurt Suzuki's one of the great Oakland Athletics. I mean, yes. we're talking about superior people. It's more yes. than just accomplishments, right? It's, it's who they are in people. And I know we said goodbye to Zouk last night, but we will again today. Covered his entire career. Same thing with Steven Vogt um just for you as someone who's got to know steven what's this day going to be like for you uh
4: it'll be emotional for me too um you know steven sort of ushered me into my career my first spring training he was there and you know he was the guy i looked up to i followed him around um and he you know he took me under his wing when he didn't have to and he made time for me when he didn't have to um and it speaks to who he is as a person he's he's just a tremendous person um I can't say enough good words about Steven. He's a genuine person. He cares. Uh, he's sincere with everything he does and everything he says. And um, yeah, no, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough day for everybody.
0: You know, I think about you know we always talk about the quarterback room in the NFL, how the quarterbacks help each other so much. I, I see that with the catchers too. How important is no matter you know who it is, younger guys, older guys, guy like yourself in your prime. Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. Um, just how important is it that you guys help each other, rely on each other, and support each other?
4: Yeah, I mean, there's always, like, a, there's always, a, you know, a cross-contamination of information. Uh, if Steven knows stuff I don't, and Ohio knows stuff he may not know about guys. And we just have to constantly share information to give our pitchers the best chance of winning. Uh, you know, Steven played in the AL East last year, and we would face the AL East teams and he would have some stuff. You know, he goes, I remember we did this, this guy likes this, and, you know we can go over all the reports we want on the computer but when there's a, someone with first hand knowledge and 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 you know has been in in the game with these guys uh it helps and uh you know Shay's done a really good job he's come up he's been a sponge um you know he's learned from voter he, he's he's doing everything he needs to do and uh you know that catchers room it kind of is a it is a little family
0: let's end on this cuz we we know you got to get ready for this game today I can't tell you how many times we're sitting here, whether it's up here in the press box or watching you guys on the road and the shots that you take behind the dish, the shots you take at the plate, bigger body. I don't know. I guess that's why you get hit. Maybe. Just just uh, w- w- where's your body now, and then what do you do to, to, to heal up because you really have taken a beating this year? Um,
4: you know, the body's pretty good. Uh, we're just talking about bruises. Uh you know bruises hurt for a little bit, but they, they they don't matter too much as far you know the the important stuff you know the muscles and the bones they're all good uh so i, I feel good uh like i said the the dings in the and the foul tips they hurt for a second, and then I get mad, but they don't matter so I'm good
0: so how long will it take before you kind of start getting back into baseball activity um
4: probably take a couple weeks fully off uh Around October, I'll start working out, or not October, uh, Halloween, I'll start working out. Uh, Baseball-wise, I don't know, middle of November. I don't know yet. I haven't decided. I kind of feel it out. Sometimes I get bored really, really fast, and then I just start jumping right back into it. You no, know, other times I gotta motivate myself a little bit more.
0: Well, it's always great to have you on the program Thank you. and congratulations on an outstanding season. Uh, be well this off season. Can't wait to see you in spring training. Thank Enjoy you so much. the new house. I will. And get us the scouting report on the barbecue. Sounds good. That's your catcher Big Murph right here on A's Cast Live.
3: Hey Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best
1: Streaming from the East Bay, AceCast Live continues with Chris Townsend. All right, the skipper of the Oakland Athletics,
0: Mark Kotze, is gonna join us in moments. And just, you know, something to think about. And I know Shohei Otani his, his, Shohei Otani's great. We're not saying he's not. He's 5-0 and with a 0.90 ERA in his last six starts. Okay? Just think about this. He's 5-0 and with a 0.90 ERA. Unreal. Problem is, well, not, no, then I'm going to throw the hitting. He's hitting 313 at the plate during that time. So he's hitting 313, and also he's holding the opposition to a 161 average. It's pretty incredible. He's one inning away from reaching both the qualified hitter and pitcher thresholds. No player in the World Series era has ever done that. He's already the only player in MLB history with 30 home runs and 10 wins. So we can give him his due. It's greatness. It's greatness. Problem is, how do you make it work till you win with the other 25 guys on the roster? And right now, if you take Trout, Rendon and Otani, they are a combined $100.5 million in tax salary next year. The threshold is $235 million for the competitive balance tax threshold, which basically is a soft cap. You can go over it. You're just going to have to pay. Owners don't like to pay the extra money. So, these three players combined for 100.5 million. I'll do the math for you, Cody. That's 43 percent of their payroll. Of your, not payroll of your of the tax threshold is is on these three guys.
5: That's not good. And you're you're committing all that money to these guys, and two of the guys can't stay on the field for 162 games. I'm not Trout. He's been injured the last couple of years. Rendon. I mean, he, he's been a disaster since he came to the Angels. Yeah. And you have all this money committed that you're paying him thirty eight and a half next year. Trout's making thirty six. Otani's getting thirty after the arbitration deal. Who are you going to bring in if we want to try to compete? The Angels have made, the Angels now have the longest playoff drought with the Detroit Tigers. They've been in the playoffs since 2014 when they got swept by the Royals when the Royals went to the World Series.
0: So you're looking at a situation, and we've been highlighting this, and you don't want to crap on it because obviously the guy is this super talent, but. We have said it now. We even we did it with our, our buddy Mark Gubazaw, and we did it with um, the, Sam, Sam, Blum, Sam Blum, the Angels beat writer for The Athletic, was like, listen, we have been sold a bag of goods from the standpoint of saying Otani is one player doing two jobs. That's not true. It's just not true. When you have a six-man rotation, you're having to add an extra starter because he's not a guy that's going to go every five days. So that whole one guy taking up two slots is worth two salaries is something that I think has been sold. And I and, and something we'll get into here in the offseason is that baseball is such a regional sport. Same thing can be said about the NBA and the NHL, that – You don't really know other people's team the way you know your own team. You know your own team backwards and forwards. You know your players. So everything from afar, you may not totally understand and know how it fits. And now that we start to look into Otani a little bit more, yeah, he's doing things we have never seen before, but how does it fit on a roster trying to win – be competitive and we've been sold by outside people like if you watch mlb network well let's face it mlb network people are all asleep while the angels and we're playing they're not watching our games they're waking up and looking at box scores and highlights they don't necessarily know unless they really research it we see otani live up close, more than anybody else.
5: Nineteen times a year, going to go down to thirteen next year.
0: Because we're in the same division, right? So they're going to say, "Ah, oh, he's what? He's a guy that's taking. You know, he's doing two different jobs as one guy." It's like, no, he's not. A, he's a DH, so he doesn't play in the field. He doesn't give you flexibility that you know. The days of we want Dave Winfield, George Brett, Paul Molitor, Big Poppy. You know these great players, Hall of Fame players, on their last leg. They're going to DH for you, Reginald Martinez Jackson. It, 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 that's not how teams want to utilize their DH now. They want it. They they want this position to be a very versatile. Especially these National League teams, they're dealing it for the first time. They're like, sweet, we can move all the. Look at how many guys have. Forget us. Like, how many – Dodgers are a great example. If we're going to look at the team that's won the most games, how many different guys have started DH for the Dodgers? Just about everybody on their roster. Yeah. Right? Versus saying, Shohei Ohtani, he's our DH. Because when you say Shohei Ohtani, DH every game, you've now limited your roster. People don't look at it that way. So, I'm telling you right now, you got to have a six-man rotation. So, you've got to have five other starters other than him. And Eno Saris, our national baseball columnist from the Athletic, uh, said on this program, I think it was about two weeks ago. I don't think you were here, Cody. He goes he goes, Otani wouldn't be a great fit on the A's. Now he'd be a great fit selling selling advertising and he'd make the A's money. I mean he's he's a cash cow, there's no question. He probably will make more for his team than any other player in the history of baseball. That's how valuable he is from a monetary standpoint the money you're bringing in from, Jap- uh, from Japan, the money you're getting in your local market, uh, just merchandise, everything that – I mean, Otani is is uh, is a gift from God when it comes to ownership and making money. But, like I said, if you got to have a six-man rotation, that means you need five other starters. How many teams are going to have – we're talking each team needs 12 to 13 starters anyway. Now you for sure need a lot of starters if you have a six-man rotation.
5: Yeah, and the Angels, we know over the last couple of years, have struggled with finding starting pitching. So you're trying. Who to, has
0: it? Yeah, is but, there a team that has no, it? No,
5: but they, they've been at the forefront of it because their offense is usually pretty consistent.
0: Cody, the Dodgers have used 12 starting pitchers this year, and they've won. A, did they win yesterday?
5: Uh, I don't remember.
0: They've uh, won 100. They have
5: 110 t- wins. I don't know if it, Let's see. The Dodgers lost last night. They're 110 and 51.
0: At the team that's won 110 games has used 12 different starters. They're
5: struggling. They've lost three in a row, too. Um, yeah, the The Angels, he fits on the Angels because they don't have anyone else to DH. But, uh, like, I brought it up to you before we started the show. and Obviously, you'd have to create new positions. Like, you'd have to have Murph or Langoliers play a different position because Langoliers is DHing right now. Well, Otani would DH. And then Langoliers will probably have to learn how to play first, even though he's played it in college. So that's why he wouldn't work. Uh, Bringing him into the ace, a's, as you mentioned, he would make a lot of money. I 100% agree with that. But he fits the Angels better than I think most teams. That's why I think he's not going to go anywhere, besides maybe Seattle.
0: I would say a place like, and, and it's almost Captain Obvious, anybody fits on the Dodgers. But on a super team.
5: No, Joey Gallo's been bad.
0: <laughs> oh, you're loving him after the trade. <laughs> yeah. Everybody said, oh, the Dodgers won that trade. When got, they... What
5: do you mean? He got his third career sack fly the other day. Third I mean, career sack fly.
0: But when you think about I mean, I'd work on the Dodgers. Mark Goob all. We said Gooby could come out and win 15, 15 games. Yeah. Um, but if you put him on a team where he can just be one of the guys in the starting rotation, where he can be one of six, where you have that kind of depth, where he doesn't have to go 30-plus times, right? Yeah. You know, you, you don't have to rely.
5: Today's his 28th start of the year, I believe. Would you say today's his twenty eighth start? Twenty eight, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, you, are are you ever going to get 30, 30 plus starts, two hundred innings out of him? I would say no. This Ooh. is this is really he's in his prime. This is the best you're gonna you're gonna see.
5: Yeah, I think so too. And what, he's twenty eight, gonna be twenty nine going into next year. I'd have to look at his birth date. Um, that's why I still think that he's gonna be a guy that I mentioned it to you and Roy. From security, that I think he could the get
4: famous. Roy, I think
5: he, I think he could get fifty million dollars when he's a free agent.
0: Well, wait, so I'm, I, I, I'm drinking. I think he's I'm gonna be the, my energy drink here. If, if it's
5: not gonna be him, Juan Soto is gonna get get somewhere close to. What? Yeah.
0: Juan Soto, who hasn't hit anything since going to San hey, Diego? Hey,
5: Otani hasn't hit a home run in 21 games now.
0: You think you think Juan Soto, after what he's done in San Diego, gets $50 million a year? How many bets do you want to lose to me? Uh, there is no way Juan Soto, the walking machine who's become the most passive swinger. in Bay- He doesn't swing at anything. You're telling me Juan Soto gets $50 million? Uh,
5: The age, what he can do, what he- track record.
0: We gonna put money. We gonna put. I already a, lost
5: a bet about two hundred. Sandy Alcantara screwed it, me with when, his six complete games.
0: Wait, we wait, 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 wait. We have more pitchers went two hundred innings.
5: Yeah, we. The it was just one.
0: I only needed one. Yeah, I was. I, I had the naive youngster here uh, tell me nobody was gonna go two hundred innings this year, and I said that's not possible, and we better stake dinner on it. Are we? Where Where are you taking me for dinner?
5: Uh, well, I thought we were gonna go like. Where do you want to go, Morton's?
0: At Morton's, downtown San Jose. I mean, that's pretty, me. pretty
5: convenient for both of us.
0: It's a nice little Uber ride. Uh, they got a nice bone-in ribeye. Uh, I got a couple places we week ago. Forbes uh, Mill in Los Gatos. That's also,
5: I haven't been there, but it looks nice. Yeah, uh, five fantastic. guys have gone 200 inks. Can you guess the other four? Besides Sandy. Oh,
0: I went through this list the other day. Um.
5: Two National League, two American League. Burns. Nope, Burns is at 199.
0: Oh, my God, really? Yep. And he's done. He's huh? pitching today, though, so oh, he'll go over so 200. I got that one. Yep,
5: so it's going to be six.
0: I don't know. Who are they?
5: Shane Bieber's at 200 exactly. That's right, Bieber. Garrett Cole last night, who set the Yankees' strikeout record passing Ron Guidry.
0: I did not know he'd go over 200. Yeah, I didn't a,
5: think He's that. at 200 innings and two-thirds. Miles Mikolas of the Cardinals at 202 mm-hmm. and a third, and Aaron Nola's at 205. And then Sandy Alcantara, cool 228 and two-thirds.
0: <laughs> Yours truly with a free steak dinner.
5: Six complete games Nobody, for
0: Nobody, Nobody's going to go over to – now, I will say this. I was listening to Sirius XM radio uh, on the way up, as I always do. And something that – and we're going to get into this a lot in the offseason, and we'll even talk to, to Vince Catronio about this – as Vince, Vince is a pretty good one when it comes to, like, the history of baseball, is um, looking at starting pitching, they were playing the rotation game on one of our favorite shows today about who's going to pitch in the postseason, and it really was just like, what are you guys doing? That the, Guys, like, I don't know if you've got to just fill content, but – when you're starting to say, "Okay, who's going to pitch?" It was it was who's going to pitch Game Two, for Scott Emerson, the great Scott Emerson, coming onto the field today for the last time in 2022. Uh, you'll see him walk by the greatness that is the pitching guru of your Oakland Athletics. There he is, uh, for the last time in 2022. They're like debating who is going to be starting. Game two for the Blue Jays, because I I guess Kevin Gossman, he's got a cut on his finger is what he has right now. Gossman has an issue with a cut. And I was thinking to myself, why are we even doing this to ourselves? If you look at the majority of postgame starts now, if you can get five, that's like golden. There is such a quick hook with days off now and the fact that that you're taking starters and putting them in the bullpen. You're saying, my best arms, if, if a guy's not starting today, I mean, you can utilize starters with the days off. You can put them in your bullpen. You got guys that can give you length that are warming up, that can be warming up in the third or fourth inning. So playing the, hey, let's look at my rotation for the three games in this playoff series and how's that going to affect, like, okay, if you get past this wild card round, how's that going to affect the division round? I mean, what do you have to do as a starting pitcher to even stay in there for six innings in the playoffs? So to me, playing the rotation, like how a rotation's gonna set up, what does it matter? And I know people in baseball we haven't we haven't really let that go yet, but it's just a reality and we'll really focus on that during the postseason on what's the average start. Is it four innings? Is it even five innings in the postseason? And then it's really going to show you that, you know, doing the pitching matchups for these games really—it's really about what do you have coming in after. And also, that's going to change our award, the Cy Young award. I don't know how it's how it's not. Dylan Cease, who some people think should win the Cy Young award, half of his starts didn't go six innings. Half. 16 did, 16 didn't. So you're going to tell me the guy that wins the award for the best pitcher, half of his starts can't even qualify as a quality start. That's alarming. So who it's not alarming for is our friends in the bullpen. Because our friends in the bullpen, if you're telling me that wins don't matter, Innings are coming down. Well, somebody's got to be pitching the innings. I think some of these relievers, they're going to start coming back into play because it kind of became one of those things like, you know, Dennis Eckersley, certain guys have – we know that, you know, whether you talk Raleigh back in the day with the Brewers winning the Cy and the MVP, same thing for Dennis Eckersley, but giving – the Cy Young to a reliever's kind of been taboo. I don't know if that's going to be taboo anymore. If you're telling me you want to give it to Dylan Cease, who half of his starts can't even be called quality starts.
5: It's been 19 years since a reliever won the Cy Young. That'd be the great air Gagne won it with the Dodgers in 03. It would, I get what you're saying about Cease because Verlander is going to get it. Verlander has the second lowest ERA um, since, like, the – I forget what the stat was, but second lowest ERA only to Pedro Martinez. Um, and like the live ball air or something. It's like 1.75. It,
0: it was about his age, too. Yeah, I, I have two. Let me pull them up real quick. Because he's, what, 39?
5: 39. Let me – I have them right here. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, Verlander. Then oldest he,
5: pitcher – this is from Ben Verlander, Justin's brother, on Twitter who works for Fox Sports. Oldest pitchers in the history of Major League Baseball have finished the season under uh, – with an ERA under 1.80. Um, Cy Young at 41 years old, 1908. Justin Verlander
0: this man, year. want to do that again?
5: Oldest pitchers in the history of Major League Baseball to finish a season with an ERA under 1.80. Cy Young at age 41 in 1908. Did he get the Cy Young? Was that even an award then? No. Yeah. It was named after yeah. him after. And then Justin Verlander, 39 years old in two, this year. And then the other stat he's was.
0: left. He's left multiple. Like his last start was five innings, no hits. He's left multiple starts this year. Hey, can we say it? A thing of the past, no hitters? Are, are we going to start? I mean, are we going to get to a point? Because we, we've seen it's got to be, I wouldn't bet on this, but I would say at least 10 pitchers this year, 10 different guys pitched at least five no-hit innings and were taken out of games.
5: We saw it the other day with Luis Severino.
0: Taken out. We saw it, Verlander's last start. Yeah. Five innings of no-hit baseball, and he was taken. I don't think we're going to get Katsay. Did
5: he ever say anything to you? No. You better you better
0: No, it's the last day. He's got to deal with a lot of stuff.
5: I had this I had the tweet. I don't know what happened to it. About his ERA.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He can do ten forty five.
5: Okay. Let's see, lowest.
0: I've got uh I've got a lot of people for some reason a lot of people are contacting me today, so it was down the list. I'm not gonna send him the middle finger. <laughs> Which is my favorite, my favorite uh, emoji is the middle finger. Second one is the fist pump. You know, you, you, you always get the fist pump pump from me.
5: Sorry, I'm looking for this this tweet from Justin's brother about his Here it is. Justin Verlander finishes the season with the second lowest ERA, 1.75, in the wild card era behind only Pedro Martinez, who had a
0: 1.74. Yeah, Pedro's was pretty amazing because Pedro's was right in the, the heart of the steroid era. Uh, pitching his games at Fenway Park, which obviously is an offensive ballpark. I mean, Pedro's career, it's one of the reasons why the man went right into the Hall of Fame. There was no questions asked. It's his dominance. Uh, Verlander, you know, it's funny. You can go back. You can actually put it in there. Justin Verlander, not a Hall of Famer. Years ago, there were people writing articles saying, this guy's not a Hall of Famer. It's funny. Those didn't age very well as Justin Verlander, no question, is a first-ballot Hall of Famer. We don't need to convince UAs fans. I mean, what we lived in 2012 and 2013, I mean, yeah, 2012 and 2013, his absolute dominance. And to do what he has done at his age, coming back from Tommy John surgery, you know, gives a lot of players hope as you get older that, you know, we're – Right down here, down to our right, uh, Dalton Jeffries has the brace on as he's just had his second Tommy John surgery. And it's one of the reasons why Tommy John, we're not going to get off on a tangent here, but it's one of the reasons why Tommy John should be in the Hall of Fame because Tommy John doing the experimental surgery and what what it has done for not only pitchers, it's helped infielders, it's helped quarterbacks, it's helped a lot of different people in sports he should be in the baseball hall of fame but i mean justin verlander mcclanahan was up there at one point cease has been up there um but yeah if you're the the guys like justin verlander who expect to go deep in games these guys are dying out you have this new breed of pitcher that and i know i harp on to grom all the time that they're cool with being like six innings strike out a bunch of guys and i'm out of here six five innings that's it see it see you you know, four more days are going to go by, and then I'll pitch again every five days. I mean, that's that's kind of where the norm. Until until bullpens, we officially understand that bullpens are way overworked and it's killing you in September. Let's see how bullpens fare now that we didn't have September call-ups. Let's see how bullpens, were gonna, they're going to be seriously used a lot in the postseason. Day-offs will help them. But let's see, after they've had to work for six months, how they hold up in October. And by the way, uh, you think about, oh, yeah, the the postseason. We're now officially a whole month. Baseball's not going away. The seventh game of the World Series is scheduled for November 5th. Yeah, a month from today. It's October 5th. You still have a lot of – so think, if you've pitched a lot of innings out of the bullpen – and now you're going to be entering, and let's say you're you're one of these teams that's playing in the wild card round, and you're going to go to the World Series. Think, of, think about if you've had late 60. I mean, Domingo, Domingo Acevedo just walked by us. What's he got, 68, 69?
5: Yeah, I was going to say, because the guy was looking up for you, because he's a guy that is going to be in the conversation for, the, not winning the Cy Young Internationally, but he's going to be in the conversation. Edwin Diaz has pitched in 61 games, the closer for the at 61 games. He's 3 1 of the one, three, 1 ERA. He has 32 saves in 62 innings. He has 118 strikeouts in 62 innings. He's going to be a guy. This, like, what was that, four years ago, 2018, when um, Blake Trinan had the unbelievable year of having the ERA under 11 one?
0: 11 2 with
5: 100 strikeouts 30, in like 80 innings, 30 something saves. He was unbelievable, and he didn't even come anywhere close to signing that year. So I think you're right with, with the relievers. And then our, our our intern, Michael, sent me the a query on. Um, from baseball reference, there have been 20 different times this year a pitcher left a game – sorry, 19 because we take away Reed Detmers. So I should have bet you. Yeah, it was 19 times a guy had a no-hitter.
0: I should have bet you because I, I thought I, – I I was wondering if I'm out, over, I'm, I'm out over my skis on that one. But, yeah, it was like at least 10 guys left six innings. Verlander three times. <laughs> Five or more innings, you've got a no-hitter and we're pulling you on a consistent basis. I mean, one of them uh,
5: was Hunter Green. Remember this? Remember when Hunter Green had one for the Reds against the Pirates, and they lost the game. The Pirates got no hit, but they lost because of a walk.
0: <laughs> I mean, really, you're diminishing the 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 value of a starting pitcher. Where does that go? And I am not. I, I you know what? I'm pretty secure now in my career to finally just say, you know what? I'm going against people. I mean. That, that, that's the bottom line. There's a great Steven vote right there. It's his day. It's his day. Um, I'm pretty secure with like I said it last night. You know, you have people who will throw it to you. Well, the scout said. You know what? I don't care what the scout said. I'm going with what I feel, my gut, my eyes. Uh, these, are the same, uh, these are the same scouts that tell you about a bunch of these guys that are supposed to be great players, and they turn out to be stinkers. They draft these guys. Oh, this guy's getting his stink. How about this? How about the scouts? I mentioned this last night. How about the scouts that went to Japan and said that Otani wasn't going to be able to hit at this level? Where yeah, are those I'll guys? I'll never forget that. Where are those guys? Right? I'm so tired of you know. I mean, how how about how about when we were told that the opener is the future? There's nothing wrong with challenging. Where you know, because basically sports they copycat each other. There's trends. There's nothing wrong with going against trends. And I have noticed my favorite show, MLB Now, has toned it down like you wouldn't believe. Driving up here yesterday, yes, I do watch television as I drive, but I'm very careful. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't admit that. Uh, Brian <laughs> Kenny said yesterday, I thought this was very interesting. Friend of the program, Brian Kenney. Brian, and, and we may have to address this with him. Whether he knows it, I don't know if this is a directive from the network or this is something they've told him to do. He said yesterday when talking about a player and he said, OPS plus, if you speak that language. And I went, I paused and I went, what? If you speak that like OPS plus is part of the different analytic language it's not that hard to understand, though. No, it's not. So I think that's what they're now saying. I think they might be saying to their guys, "Going, guys, we went all in on these analytics, and we threw this shredder, and we threw everything at you. We're gonna have expected this, and we're gonna Xwoba. We're gonna plus everything. Everything's gonna be a weighted runs created plus. We're gonna everything's gonna be an X fit plus. We're gonna ERA OPS. plus. Everything's gonna, and I think they've realized it's kind of failed. Now, I'm not saying it's not valuable, but to the average fan, they've kind of tuned out of that. And I and I want to ask him like, when you say, like, well, if you're into that, before they hammered you with it on MLB Network, now they're really kind of, like, pulling back on, well, if you speak that, because OPS is pretty, OPS is, I mean, it's pretty basic, right? It's it's just adding OPS. On base and slugging, and the plus is what league, what what stadium.
5: League, yeah, and if you're if you're if you're above a hundred, you're above. This is not
0: complicated whatsoever. And you're
5: below. you you're below average. But if
0: you're now trying to act like it's complicated and you were staying away from it, um, that's it is what it is. We'll get back into that because we have the skipper. Of your Oakland Athletics, Mark Katze for the Mark Katze Show. The last time during the 2022 season, brought to you by Nest Betting. Nest
6: Betting, Townie. Check
0: out their location, Albany in New York, or go online nestbetting.com for your mattress, your sheets, your pillows. Pillows. And if your kid's going to USC, how's your child? How's your daughter liking the mattress?
6: You know, she loves it, Townie. It's it's amazing. Not only the mattress, the com- the comforter, the sheets. The pillows.
0: I don't even have all that.
6: Well, you didn't negotiate very well then.
0: That's true. That's why he's Mark and I'm the guy sitting here. Uh, yeah, actually, actually, a caller last night on the postgame show was comparing us, and I said, well, I mean, if, if you want to switch jobs and paychecks, I'm willing to do that with you.
6: You are? Yeah, you want to sit in that seat?
0: And you could do this. Okay. And talk to the callers after the game. <laughs> um, hey, for you, this is the last day, your first season, just – you know, I'm sure there was emotion driving here today. These kids mean so much to you. What were you thinking about with this last game?
6: Well, I woke up at 545 and just couldn't sleep, you know. Excited yeah. about, uh, you know, this day, uh, not just for our club, but for Steven Vogt as well. Uh, I remember my last game in the big leagues, um, you know, in, in San Francisco uh, as a visiting player. But my home game in San Diego was, was pretty emotional. Um, you know, I think that's going to happen today for Steven. But, you know, for, for me, the, the, the season coming to an end, kind of bittersweet. Um, you know, I've really enjoyed um, this opportunity to manage this ball club and uh, really proud of, uh, you know, the way that the, uh, the club has just continued to fight, continued to work. Um, you know, no one is satisfied with the record, um, but no one has quit. And I think that came – Uh, across very clearly uh, in game 160 with us down four runs in the eighth inning and we didn't fold the tent up. And uh, if you look back in the dugout in that eighth inning, you saw 20-plus guys on this top step that we're right next to uh, in battle uh, behind their teammates. And, uh, you know, that that showed uh, the fight, that we talk about and the culture that we've created. And we're going to continue to do that next year.
0: And I'll tell you a guy that when he gets on first base and he's done something and he's looking back in the dugout and he's super emotional, or he made that play in center field last night on Otani, super emotional and really just has become the leader of your team. And somebody had to, someone steps up. It's just the way it always works on teams and with human beings, someone's going to rise to the occasion that's Seth Brown.
6: It really is. He's become your guy. It re- he really has. And uh, really proud of Seth, the maturation process for him. Um, you know, he uh, he's had his times this year where, you know, he's felt like, uh, you know, his season wasn't successful, uh, that he was struggling through some adversity at the plate. And, uh, and it's just so great to see him finishing off this year the way that, you know, we expected and that we knew he could – uh, go out and perform and, and lead this group. When you're saying goodbye
0: to these guys, I mean, I mean, I had it here. I mean, no, everybody. I mean, Oakland doesn't have a single player with a guaranteed contract for 2023. It's a wide open slate. I mean, what the team could look like is kind of fascinating for next year and, and spring training. The amount of guys, uh, new guys, maybe old guys. What What are you telling these players the message as they? As they head off into the off season,
6: uh, I was loud and clear yesterday. We had we had a discussion about uh, obviously what we've done this year, um, how we've grown, and the expectation level uh, for next year in terms of uh, the preparation, right? And it was built off yesterday's uh, or the the night before's game in terms of you know just the transitional from the guys that are on the roster that won't be here, the guys in the room that should be here, and the guys in the room um, that, you know, need to uh, continue this culture, and that's that grit, right? We talk about this long-term perseverance, uh, you know, this commitment to a a goal, right? And it it started – it starts now, um, and it starts in their training for this offseason. So, like you said, no guaranteed contracts, 33 rookies – 64 players, I think, or more. 64. Um, you know, and and just the focus has to be we're going to come out next year, we're going to continue to, to incrementally and get better, but ex- with the expectation to win.
0: Great leaders, their team will take on their personality. And when you see this fight to the end and kind of that toughness, like, yeah, whatever the season's been like, we're fighting – how much do you see your team? How much do you
6: see you? <laughs> it's hard to ever see you, um, but proud of, of what they're doing, proud of the work. You know, it's, it's awesome. You talked to uh, our strength coach, Josh Cuffey, and over the last six weeks, really, these young guys <clears throat> that are here that, that are part of our future, you can see them kind of assimilate together and and, and start to enjoy the routines and enjoy the work that they put in, and it starts from basically the training room to the weight room, the warm-up routines, and and if, as you can see, I mean, I don't know if the viewers can see, but it's day one sixty-two. Yeah, we're working, we're working, and it's the group that that needs to be working, the young guys, and uh, we're not going to stop. I mean, we're just not going to stop. Could a guy that doesn't work play for you? Probably not. It's not in the it's not in the DNA. Um, you know, and, and that's been established. It was established in spring training how much we worked. Um, and, you know what, we're, we're not going to stop until until we accomplish what we want, and, and that's a championship. And we talked about that yesterday. We talked about, you know, standing on that field, watching a team in our division celebrate, and that's where we want to be.
0: We had David Forrest mention this on this program about you being unique from a standpoint of reaching out at the lower levels. A lot of times, you, I mean, these guys will never even see the manager, right? I'm sure you played with a bunch of guys in the minor leagues who never had any interaction with the ma- manager. You're making sure that you're going all the way to the bottom of the organization to reach out to these guys. Why are you doing that?
6: That's where the future is. And that's, you know, in order uh, for, for them to understand that, They they need to know that I'm connected with them. They need to know that uh, I'm going to hold them accountable, and that there is a path for their success uh, to get to the major leagues. Really painting that picture for them clearly. We've done that this year. We've given a Jordan Diaz, a 22 year old who you know three years ago was in a ball, a chance, an opportunity that he's seizing right now. Yeah. And and so the Denzel Clark's the Tyler Soderstroms, the, uh, the Geloffs, um, you know, and then these young pitchers as well, the Kusick, the Ginn, the uh, Miller, uh, you know, they need to understand that they're part of this process. They're going to be part of this success in this future as long as they go about it the right way. And I'll be out in, uh, at the fall league um october 17th 18th 19th to, to go send that message directly i've done it over the phone yes you know we've connected over the phone they've, they've heard the messages the i get the progress reports and the strength and agility and you know monthly you know check-in reports and and i've picked up the phone and made sure they know that, that it was unsatisfactory to a certain extent when it is so um you know that that to me um, it's it's important because it, it's they know that that they're not going to walk here because of their talents. They're going to get it because they've earned it and they've worked too.
0: Is there anything in your first year that you look back and go, wow, I didn't see that. I didn't know that was coming.
6: The Friday morning interview.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You set that time. You set that time,
6: which we appreciated. We knew every Friday morning. Uh, um, You know, I I don't think you can ever um, understand the the magnitude of the position. I don't feel like, you know, even though we've lost 102 games to this point that the season is drug dragged along, there's not that feeling of, wow, this is a slow August or, you know, it's just gone. And, and I wish we had more time. I wish we had more time with them. Um, you know, and so, uh, I think that, that in, in itself, um, you know, I didn't understand that it would just be gone that quick.
0: Yeah, first year in the books. By the way, winter meetings in San Diego we are going to be in your backyard. We're coming down.
6: Outstanding. I can't wait. We're going to be there. Um, you know, it'll be an exciting time. I think that's when they're going to do the lottery to see who gets the first pick in the draft. Um, you know, it's and That's huh? like NBA changing, you know, I mean <laughs> –
0: do you have a chance to draft Michael Jordan or not?
6: Yeah, you get a 16.6% chance if you finish in the bottom six, which, unfortunately, that's where we're at. Um, but, uh, you know, it does present an opportunity to uh, to draft, and, and uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be there in San Diego, and it should be exciting winter meetings.
0: Well, we want to say thank you. You know, AceCast cast has been a big year for us. Went over 5 million downloads. We're number one in baseball. And whether – You've been on the staff for now, manager. You've always been so great to us, and you're so honest and real, and I know the fans truly appreciate that, and I just want to say thank you for everything you've done for us this year. It's been fantastic and can't wait for next year. And You know, you think about like on a day like this where you're like, ah, oh, last day, it's like I'm looking forward to next year. I'm looking to see the growth and what happens because – if you do things the right way, and people do things the right way, it's amazing how fast things change.
6: That's the goal, Tony. That's the goal to change this thing, get it turned around as fast as possible. And you know, I, I, I I'll look forward to uh, our Friday Friday morning. You're not calls. gonna
0: miss us Friday morning. When I'm t- texting you Friday, you're not gonna miss that. Yeah, yeah, I will. <laughs> I will. All, All right. right, great Thanks, stuff. Buddy. Okay, we got more coming next right here on A's Cast Live.
1: The Eno-Sara Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend.
0: Well, he's one of the voices of your Oakland athletics. Vince Catronio joins us here. Music down, music down. There you go. There you go. Italians
7: like the orchestra. Wow. How are you? I'm good. It's, It's here. You know, last day of the season. It was certainly, not the kind of year that a lot of folks are accustomed to around here, but there were still some good moments. And I think Ken and I uh, did the best we could, treating each game individually and having some fun with it. And, you know, seeing stories get developed for a lot of young players that have come through here and, and still being respectful of, of the veterans and respectful of, of what A's fans are used to with winning baseball. I think it all came together pretty well.
0: Yeah, we celebrated the 72 team. We took care of the Moneyball team, which was huge for our our younger fan base. And it really was also like honoring Billy Bean. We retired Dave Stewart's number, which was also honoring not only Stu, but really baseball in Oakland and the 1989 team. And then today, two of the greatest guys ever to play here as, 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 as human beings, and Stephen Vogt. Kurt Suzuki. I mean, from a standpoint of honoring and enjoying the history of, of our game, there's been a lot of cool stuff.
7: There has been, and today on our pregame, I visit with Chad Pinder as well. So there's another guy that that has been in this organization ten years, and he's been in the big leagues for six. Wow! And just talked about
0: ten years. What
7: what it was like? Uh, here's a guy that basically came in the organization as a kid, and he leaves as a husband and a father, an expectant father as well. So it just kind of speaks to. Uh, The journey that a lot of these guys have taken in this organization and guys have experienced a lot of winning baseball that you're trying to get back to. And I think guys like Chad and Steven and uh, Tony Kemp uh, try to emphasize the things that are necessary for players to to get to that point with these young players, which we know there's been an awful lot of. uh, Just tell them what it's like to be in Oakland A and what it's like to play winning baseball, what it's like to be a big leaguer. And that's been a process that, they have not taken lightly, and I think they've done as good a job as they can with, with as much turnover as the A's have had this year.
0: You know, we always love talking, you know, because normally we we only get a couple minutes in pregame, but I like talking to you because your baseball knowledge all around and your knowledge of the history of the game. Does it alarm you that we're talking about the A's and looking over at the Angels, and I'm sure we could do this with quite a few teams. We're looking at most players ever used in an organization in a season does that scare you kind of where's this thing going
7: well I think there's probably a a number of reasons why that happens team like the athletics certainly won in in transition they were going to use this year you used the the term quite a bit year of transition year of discovery year of opportunity and so that's why you saw the A's use the waiver wire as much as they did and you know Connor Capel getting an opportunity Cal Stevenson coming over this organization you know Cody Thomas coming through the organization, finally getting a chance. That's a very small example of of what we've seen with guys like Jonah Bride coming to the big leagues. Nate Mondu make his major league debut yesterday, and just going on and on and on. I think for some other clubs, it might be injury related, where that they were forced to use that number, of, those number of players. I think the Angels are a team that could probably um, attest to that. Uh, I, I I do think that major league baseball that that some rosters, they just feel like they're so. Interchangeable that there's that that they they've got so many moving parts that this is the way that they envision things working. There's not a lot of teams that have that Dodger lineup or have that Astro lineup that you that you count on time, you know day in and day out. And so in the interim, until they can find what they think like is their core, like the Ace had when they had their core when they had Chapman and Olson and and Simeon and you know Loriano, those guys that you knew were in the lineup every day and were ne- were in the lineup every day for years. There wasn't as much turnover but when you're in a team that's still trying to in the ace case reboot and find a a, you know a new path or other clubs that have fought through injuries or other teams like the A's, you know lower echelon teams that are just having bad years that they they keep on trying to see what they have in their system or or try to take advantage of uh, maybe what might be out there with other systems
0: yeah and it's not necessarily related to payroll as the angels have a huge payroll and they're using they've used a uh, they've used more players than us right Mm -hmm.
7: They have, yeah. The A's are at what 64, and they're at 65. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you can't make it up. No, you can't. <laughs> I
7: mean, you look at a team like Washington, that you know they had a big payroll as well, yeah. And uh, things went sideways for them, and they decided just to kind of cut, you know, you know, just kind of cut bait, made the big deals, and you know, moving Juan Soto to kind of replenish things and get a haul back from San Diego, as they were they're starting a new a new path as well. I don't think a lot of teams saw that coming, and when that happens, that creates that that enormous amount of of a transition in different organizations that you're seeing.
0: I want to get into pitching because on the way up today, listening to SiriusXM, they were you know all of a sudden it's like oh they're starting to worry about all right who's going to start in the wild sure. card round who's going and I and I'm thinking about going and because Gossman is I guess has a cut on his finger he does his
7: middle finger he hurt in his last start
0: and I'm thinking to myself the average what's the average start now in the postseason you think innings.
7: I think it varies. I mean, I, I mean, you're going to tell me it's going to be around five or a little less than five minutes. Yeah, so I'm
0: almost like, yeah, we, you're concerned about it, but the reality is is who's coming in after? How are we going to get the final six, the final five? So it's like interesting, old school way, which I like, is we're looking at let's line up the starting pitchers. How will it then work for the, the, the DSs into the AL and NLC? But like right now it's like I have a hard time getting fired up for a matchup when I know that a guy might only be going four.
7: Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen as much as you think. Especially you look at the Padres Mets series, where they've they both those teams are pretty locked and loaded with with their rotations. You know, with Darvish and Snell and Musgrove likely for the Padres, and you got you know Degrom and Scherzer and Bassett starting those those games for the Mets. I now. just
0: saw those guys in Atlanta eat up fourteen and a third out of the twenty seven yeah. possible. Yeah,
7: but more often than not, those guys have gone deep in games, and I think the expectation is that's going to happen. For me, what one of the interesting stories is. Uh, You know, the St. Louis Cardinals, they're going to potentially start Jose Quintana in game one, a guy that was with the Pirates this year, and he's had a great 12 starts for the Cardinals. But Jose Quintana, really, that's the guy that that the Cardinals are banking them getting off and running and going deep into October. That kind of speaks to, to the way pitching is kind of bounced around so much. And here's a guy that, you know, has had some moments, but you don't really think of Jose Quintana as a game one starter in a series. At least I don't. And now he's going to potentially get. They haven't announced it yet, but they're potentially going to go in that direction.
0: Yeah, Dodgers have won 110 games. They've had 12 different guys start. Right. It was Perry Manassi and their GM, the Angels, that I heard over the winter talk about. Hey, the average team is going to use 13 pitchers a year, and been following it. And like, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of working out that way. So it's you know where you know someone Cody was saying that he's seen where people are saying Dylan C. should be the uh, Cy Young Award winner. We went and looked. 16 of his starts are six innings. Sixteen of his starts are not. Sixteen of his starts are not considered a quality start. And some people think he should be the front runner for the Cy Young. Are we going to have to start rethinking our Cy Young award?
7: No, no, I don't. I, I, I think ultimately, you know, a guy like Verlander who is—he's just special. I mean, and he's had a special year. This particular year, uh, to me, it's clear cut that he wins it. I I think what what has to happen is more consideration for the closer again. Yeah. And, you know, Emmanuel Closse who's done a terrific job for for Cleveland as a guy. You know, I think one thing that Ken and I will talk about today on the broadcast is you know, the down ballot. You know, we know that Judge and Otani are 1 2 in the Hall of Fame and er, the uh, in the MVP ballot in the American League. Well, who are the other 8? I mean, who are the other guys that you would that you would say are the top Ten players. Who are the top three Cy Young finalists? Poor sure.
0: Jose Ramirez is having an incredible year for Indians. He'll finish third again. People don't even like who, what, what yeah. the the Guardians are in the postseason. Sure,
7: yeah. And then you look at Ahmad Rosario and and Andres Jimenez. Either you can go in, in the direction of Jimenez, and you have to put him potentially in the top ten for what he's contributed to the to the Guardians this year. So I think that's that'll be an interesting uh, debate as those ballots are turned in before Friday by all the writers. I think. Uh, Matt Kawahara has MVP. Uh, Martin Gallegos has, I think he has rookie. No, he doesn't have rookie of the year. He has, I think he, I think he has, he has Cy Young. I don't know who has manager of the year for the American League uh, out of out of the Bay Area. I think John Shea has a National League award as well. Where
0: so. are you going on that one? Which one? Amer- American League Manager of the Year.
7: Well, to me, the three, to my three finalists are. Brandon Hyde, Scott Service, and Terry Francona, uh, and you can make a debate for for all three of them. It, it, it's hard to walk away from Brandon Hyde from winning you know 20 games last year to getting over 500 this year. It's Friend hard. Friend of
0: the program,
7: yeah. Hard to walk away from Scott Service, you know, getting the team they won 90 last year, and you thought well maybe that was going to be their moment in the sun. They got better they they were able to get to the postseason this year. They dealt with some adversity, and Terry Francona. Is Terry Francona. I mean, their club is is the anti. You know, offense in terms of home runs or whatnot—they put the ball in play, they create, and they close games out. They've got good starting pitching, beginning with Sean, with uh, Shane Bieber. So, I th- I think you can make a case for all three of those. Although I think those that are voting for it will probably put Brandon Hyde from Santa Rosa. Well,
0: move. I think he will win it. What will happen to the game of baseball? Just look into a crystal ball. <laughs> if if the Guardians. Let's say they take down I, – I, I don't know their path. i got to look at it. I have it here.
7: If the playoffs began today? If,
0: the, if, if they make a run and they take down the big boys. Yeah. You know, we as we say in sports, it's a cliche, but it's a copycat league, right? Yeah. We say that in the NFL all the time. But uh, what would happen – do you think it would change anything that the team that's second to last in home runs, awesome at making contact, playing defense, pitching, but really contact, smaller ball – I mean, do you think that would change anything if they make the run and, hell, even win the World Series?
7: No, I think because that's their model. I mean, that's, that's what works for them. Uh, and I think you have to do what works best for your organization. I mean, more teams are chasing and using power as their offensive resource. So the You know, the Guardians are not one of those teams. Look at Tampa Bay with the way they they have their system, the way they do their pitching and the way they match up with their offense. That's not something for everybody. It's a It's a combination of, their resources are how they want to allocate their resources and how they attack the opposition. They really think, like, by creating, you know, constant, not chaos, but constant decisions in each and every game for the opposition, that they feel like they've got the upper hand in doing that. So uh, I don't see a lot of teams doing that. You know, you know, look at the, the Giants last year, won 107 games, and through a combination of either injuries or just desire, all of a sudden they went opener, opener happy here in the last – Two months, where you know John Brebby is going to end up making like forty starts because he's throwing like thirty innings because he's he's been their opener so much here down the stretch. I, you know, we thought the opener was gone, but in San, you know in San Francisco it, it was alive and well. So I do think that what what the Guardians do is something that the Guardians do well, and it's in part because of the personnel they have and they and they make that work. They identified the way they wanted to attack teams. I don't see a lot of teams, I could be wrong, I don't see a lot of teams going that far in that direction that, that you see what the Cleveland Guardians have done.
0: Could this team go that way?
7: The Athletics? Yeah. Well, for me, as, as you look at the way the season played out, there wasn't a lot of power. No. Uh, they're not getting on base. They're not You know, they're not walking. They're not, they're not creating. And defensively, there's not a lot of range on the infield, and that's going to really be amplified next year, not only here but everywhere because of the lack of shifts. You can't cover up defenders as much as you could before. You can't cover up Mike Moustakas in a shift because there is no shift, and, and he was a guy that was – Justin
0: Turner and Corey Seager yeah. covering them up with yeah. the Dodgers moving everybody over. Right, here so, the I,
7: you know, and the, you know, the, the ace pitching staff as it stands now is not a strikeout staff. They're a contact staff, so you got to catch the ball, and that, that's vital – so they have to create speed and range in order to make that happen. You were spoiled certainly for the past several years with the two corners and with Marcus at shortstop. You know those those things they all they all work together, which is why they won ninety seven games back to back years. Uh, they had enough power to be you know considered a you know respectable offense. Those things all have to all have to pivot. Now you're going to see you know Zach Geloff, I think he's going to be in the big leagues before the end of next year. i not. I don't know when. Sometime in the second half. I think you could say the same thing for Tyler Soderstrom. Those are two players that the A's really like, and they like them offensively. They provide, you know, Soderstrom has provided power. Uh, Geloff has provided power, and he's provided just this it factor about the way he goes about playing the game. That will begin to pivot the A's uh, in, in more of a, of a power direction, but you still have to catch the ball, and you still have to be able to, 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 throw, to throw enough strikes or – you have to, as they say, control the batter's box, control the count. You have to c- control the count by ga- gaining walks offensively and con- control the count on the mound by not allowing walks. And those are the kind of things that the winning teams are having more success doing that the A's have got to get back to doing again.
0: Let's end on this, and it's the most important thing. It's our man Ray Foss yeah. and the microphone out there. It was, um, It was tough. It was really... You know, the whole way it went down last year, there was a lot of tears. And, you know, it, it tells you so much about the man, how much he meant to all of us individually, the relationships he had with all of us. Uh, just, just what was that like? I know for spring training it was very emotional for you. It was, just a, it, was, it was a tough year, but it was also a great year the way we remembered him.
7: I agree. I mean, when, when things transpired the way they did in August of last year, there was no way that I thought in my mind that was going to be the last time I was going to see Ray Fossey. I thought for sure I would see him down in Phoenix, where we both lived during the winter, have lunch and do something. I knew for sure I'd see him at spring training, either as a guy that had retired and was going to do a couple of games with Ken and I, just have some fun, or just kind of kind of hang out and and enjoy, you know, the next stage of his life, which is you know grandparents and and watching the the kids grow up in Phoenix. We both know that that's not Ray Fossey. Ray loved the game. He loved the A's. He loved being here. He worked extremely hard. I I take notes and I keep track of things, and I watched Ray do it and. I mean, Ray really kind of shamed me. I mean, he, the, the, the books and the, the material that he kept track of was enormous. And then th- as this year went on, I think, you know, you and Cody have done a great job. We've, we've played a lot of those Ray memories in pre-games, different interviews. And, gosh, it was great to hear Sparky Anderson or Mariano Rivera, Derek Jeter, Joe Torre, you know, all the different, depending on the teams that, we, that the A's were playing, Ray has spoken with somebody in that organization because Ray did thousands of interviews. Thousands. And kept them all. Yeah. But there are so many times, uh, not only publicly I would say it on the air, but it it certainly went through my mind. And there are many times where I kind of turned to Ken and say, you know, what I hear in my head right now when you said that is Ray saying this. And, you know, just talking, you know, about a certain circumstance. Like, don't pitch that guy inside. Don't pitch the power guy inside in a close game because he could beat you with a long ball or whatever the case might be. Talking about catchers and having fun with catchers. Talking about their speed or thereabouts and knowing how Ray really embraced that. I will tell you this, and it happened with, you know, it happened with Kurt Suzuki just last week when I did a pregame show with him. It happened numerous times when I did the Where Are They Now features with guys like Brandon Moss and Josh Reddick, you know, Tim Hudson, where to a man they all said, course they miss Ray but Ray was so positive Ray to those guys each and every day made them feel like they were Superman you know that no matter they're old for 50 or you know they're not getting anybody out he still found a way to to reach out to those guys and connect with those players as a guy that is a part of that fraternity and say you know what it's okay you're it's going to get better or you know you did something that's really good it's going to keep growing and that's who Ray Fossey was and that's I think that really speaks to what he meant to this organization—not just the guy that won World Series and and, and was a tremendous uh, ambassador for the sport, but what he meant just to the guys down on the field as well and inside that clubhouse. And and it, you know, it, it was a tough year. It's going to always going to be tough. Missing, missing Ray. It's great to see Carol when she came out when they in, you know, inducted Ray into the Hall of Fame, and a chance to catch up with her and Nikki and Lindsay, the daughters. Um, I think Carol is very appreciative of what you've done, what Cody has done, and keeping Ray's uh, spirit alive here, and I know that will continue.
0: Well, I just, you know, the what you guys do is you guys – people don't think about it, how you guys travel with the team. So you're there at 3 a.m. on the buses, you know, where all of a sudden no one cares if you're a player or a broadcaster. You're all this traveling party together, and the respect that you guys all have for each other, they just – I don't think that fans truly understand the bond that becomes between you guys, the players, Ray, the players. So much of it is traveling and buses and planes and everything together.
7: It's family, and and we spend so much time together, and we have to find ways to uplift each other and and just try to get through each and every day, whether you're winning 97 games or having a year where you've lost 102. I mean, no matter what's happening on the field, it's certainly the energy – is easier when you're winning games and the crowds are bigger and you can use the crowd as a broadcaster to your advantage, and we haven't had very many opportunities to do that this year. You're still you're still together, and we're still trying to treat each and every game as as its own episode and, and what potentially could happen and try to tell stories of those particular players, tell stories of what's happening in the game today, and just have some fun and, and hope that people that are driving in their cars or – in the backyard or in the kitchen or whatever the case might be, that, that, that we're still considered uh, a companion for them during the summer. You've done a you know, a Herculean job of getting all that stuff started, and we just try to carry it through. And I think if you're an A's fan, you, you should understand uh, how much we are passionate about what we want to do and how we want to deliver the product in a way that, that makes them proud of, of, of their fandom.
0: Well, we don't go away. He doesn't go away because he will be joining us in the offseason with A's Cast Live as we'll continue this every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and that starts on Monday from 1 to 4. Then we replay it 4 to 7. Great work as always. Thank you, Tony. Thanks to most importantly, you and Ray
7: and, and Cody, all you guys uh, behind the scenes. it just can't do
0: it without you. Get home safe. That's the number one thing for here. There's a list waiting for me when I get there. I know that. So. Oh, my God. My <laughs> wife is already like, I'm like, can I breathe? Can I take my golf lesson? Can I
7: breathe a little bit? I got to go to the store start doing the shopping.
0: doesn't take long. Are oh, you going to be at a Home Depot, Lowe's, <laughs> all the stuff all. you got to fix. Well, this this toilet's running. Yeah. It's all coming up for us in the offseason. All right, my friend. Be well. Thank you. Come We visit. got more coming up next right here on A's Gas Live.
1: Streaming from the East Bay, AceCast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Well, I got
0: to tell you, the sun has come out, and if you could tell, it's an absolute beautiful day here at the Coliseum for the the final, final game of 2022. And it should be fun. Ken Waldachuk on the mound. Shohei Otani's on the mound as he, if if he can possibly make a case. The last case. This is it for him. If he can persuade any of the voters. Cuz they got to have their vote in by Friday. Right? Yeah, Friday. Can he persuade anybody after Aaron Judge yesterday hit home run number 62? Who knows what Judge will do today, but is there anything Otani could do today that could persuade maybe a no-hitter? Maybe I mean something where he pitches 6 7 innings, hits two home runs. Is there anything he can do today? He's not going to catch Judge in war. That's what, you know, that's such an impressive thing that Judge's war 10.7 is ahead of Shoei Otani at 9.5. That's that that's combining hitting and pitching. So when we sit here and say, oh, he does two different things, that's so great. What he is doing is still, as a hitter and a pitcher, does not amount to what Judge has done. If you look at war, and then I always laugh when the people go, well, I'm not so sure about pitching war. Da, da, da. It's like, okay, you're going to use war. You're going to tell me war is great, and then you're going to tell me sometimes it's not great. You need to figure it out, when is it great, when is it, and tell me when can I use it. When. You can't have it both ways, or as they like to say, you can't speak out of both sides of your mouth. What's the deal? Is there, are we going on war or are we not going on war?
5: I'd go on war. Well, which war are you using? Are you using F-war or B-war? I don't
0: know. But put it this way. Aaron Judge leads in war, whether it's baseball reference or fan graphs, either war, he's your leader.
5: Can I, can I give you a tweet about uh, Aaron Judge from an A's legend, an A's player who's in the Hall of Fame, an A's number who's retired up there, talking about Aaron Judge? I'm going to read you the quote. It's a tweet, actually. So a tweet from this fellow. Nothing to say to the best player in baseball at this point. Damn, my man. Now that's a season for all to remember. And so cool It's another Yankee who owns the record. The real home run leader, Aaron Judge in all caps. Who
0: said that on Twitter? Was I a running back at Arizona State? Yes. Was I drafted by the Kansas City Athletics? Correct. Is my number nine, is my number nine, can I get it up here? Is my number nine right up there? Reginald martinez jackson is calling aaron judge the real home run single season record holder that's what the tweet says and isn't reginald martinez jackson a cousin of barry lamar bonds Bonds. and barry has said i have heard it was funny it was an interview that reggie never knew that they were actually family and barry tells uh, Reggie, when they see each other, he loves them and that they're family. So Reginald Martinez Jackson, the Hall of Famer, is going against his own family in favor of his Yankee family, saying that Aaron Judge is the single season home run king. Yeah. As I am I getting that correct. I, I but I remember this is not Chris Townsend saying it. I'm not saying anything. Uh, I don't I, I don't either way I
5: If you want to see the tweet, it's uh his Twitter handle is at Mr October. Um, but that's what Reggie's saying. Uh, that's Angels legend Reggie Jackson. Now that's Astros Orioles employee. Orioles legend. Uh, Astros employee Reggie Jackson. A's
0: A's yes. Astro. Hey, gets a paycheck from the Astros.
5: Uh, yeah. So that's what Reggie had to say about uh, Aaron Judge because we saw so much talk uh, about is he the real home run king or not?
0: You know my favorite thing is is and we've been seeing it for years. Folks, look at what watch a TV drama that's around. Law, right? Law and order. Courtroom scenes. When you have a defendant who's guilty, and everybody knows he's guilty, what's the defense going to do? The defense is going to do a big old smoke screen, right? Because they're going to get the attention away from the guy who's guilty. So what they're going to do is they're going to bring in all the other stuff. When... The point is we're discussing this guy who's guilty. But the defense attorneys, they get paid a lot of money to put on a grand stage. If the gloves don't fit, then you must acquit. You put on a huge show. Thank you, Johnny. Guys, guilty, but we're gonna put on a huge show, and we're gonna bring up all these guys, and we're gonna have all these questions. And I mean, remember the O.J. trial? They're bringing up people that have nothing to do with the case. They have nothing. That, they're bringing they, any way you can have a reasonable doubt, right? That's all you gotta do as a defense attorney. You gotta get people on the jury to have a re. Well, look what they're doing again. It's, oh, my God, it was the era. Oh, my God, it's the players. Oh, you got to get rid of all the records. you got to get – but Seelig shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, LaRussa and Tory and um, Bobby Cox, they shouldn't go into the Hall of Fame. It's, it's the whole eh. – what are you doing? You're creating an argument that takes it away from the actual question. Should Barry Bonds – be the home run single season champ knowing that he took steroids that's the question everybody has some people say yes some people say no but when you go about it from a standpoint of saying we can't ask that question and we can't have an honest discussion because we're going to defend Barry put it this way guys that you see in the Bay Area media this is how they're frauds let me tell you why they're frauds because they wouldn't do this for Rafael Palmero. If this was Rafael Palmeiro, Palmero hit 73. None of these guys in the Bay Area would be going on Twitter with their hot takes because they're hot take guys. None of them would be going on and defending Rafael Palmero. right? I agree. Yes. I mean, you want name me another guy. Name me another guy in the steroid. If they were that. McGuire. If, if it was Mark McGuire as an Oakland A, they wouldn't be defending him. Yeah, exactly. I brought that up last night with you, Sosa. Oh, no. They're defending. It's it's the Brady. Brady Anderson. It's it's defending. Everybody's got to be the biggest Giants fan. It's how our media in the Bay Area has become. It's like the race is who's the biggest fan. And they've been defending Bonds for all these years. They defended him forever, and they're going to keep defending him. But that's what they're doing. They don't want to actually have an honest discussion about, okay, what do we do about this? How should we handle it? How should we look at it? They're going to do what defense attorneys do, and they're going to make it about everything else other than bonds. Does that make sense? Yes. Let's put the big – oh, it's Bud Selig, it's it, you know, Bud Seelig is in the Hall of Fame because he was nominated by a committee. It wasn't a vote. It was a committee. It's not apples to apples. has nothing to do with it. I mean, you want to take Bud Seelig out of the Hall? What does this have to do with the single season home run record? It has nothing to do with it. Absolutely nothing to do.
5: Oh, wow. We're getting big leagued. Right? Am I right? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. We had this conversation last night, and I'm glad you're bringing it up.
0: I, 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 this whole defending about like you're defending a guy that used drugs to set a record—that's what you're defending—and you can say it's the era, sure, no
5: problem. You've been saying all year you're hoping the judge gets that gets to the record
0: because I wanted to see this. I wanted to see them defend because finally, because you're defending in the end. Because remember, the question is bonds. You want to make it about everything else in the era? That's fine. You're doing what defense attorney. You're taking it away from the actual question. The question is about a record. You're not willing to have the conversation about the record. You want to bring everything else in because you don't want to discuss the record because you know there's right from wrong. There's literally and it's the same thing with the Astros. There's right and there's wrong. If there's anything you want to get on Bud Seeleag about, it's the fact that he didn't do anything about right or wrong. In so many different ways. I'll give you that. Whether Bud Seeleag should be taken out of the Hall of Fame, that has that what does that have to do with a single season record? Bud Seagle was nominated by some committee. What the hell is that? You want to take him out? I don't care. Take him out of the Hall of Fame. But why can't we just discuss this one question? Why does everything else have to be brought in to defend Bonds? Because you wouldn't bring, if this was Rafael Palmero, we're not going, oh my God, you got to take Bud Sealy out of the Hall of Fame. You got to take all the records away. You got to do all this and all that. You wouldn't do that if it wasn't Bonds. You're just protecting one guy. Why? Why, why is it so important to protect this guy? Let's get to the root. If you really want to have an honest, they don't want to have an honest conversation. They want to kiss the ass of the Giants and Giants fans.
5: I agree one hundred percent. Like, I, because I showed you a tweet from someone in the Bay Area media that was—I didn't at, see it. Was you just—you read it. I to read me. it to you. That was going at John Heyman because John Heyman said that Aaron Judge is a real home run, home run king, and someone in the Bay Area media went at him, saying that no, then you could take out. Bud Sealy, get to take all, you know, take away the records, get back all the money fans spent on the tickets to go see this, all because it's about Bonds. Again,
0: if it was McGuire
5: with the A's, you think they would? It's
0: the sideshow. It's let's look over here because you don't want to answer the real question here. There's a question. It's an honest question. How you, nothing's going to be, they've already decided no one's losing anything. There's no asterisk going on. But there's a legitimate question. And you can answer it either you you agree with it or you don't agree with it. Who should be the single season home run king? You should you can agree with. Obviously, we know how Henry Aaron felt. He wanted nothing to do with Bonds. Wouldn't even do a commercial with him. Where he wouldn't be in the same room. So you can agree or disagree. But to, to but to bring the the sideshow in, so you don't have to actually talk about the real issue. Oh, give the money back. What the hell are you talking about? The money back? You're going to give the money back? This this is the entertainment business. He entertained. I get it. No one's getting the money back. But you, you can have a civilized, educated conversation on the topic. You can have an opinion. You have your opinion. Nothing's going to change. We're all having an opinion. And I always love people who never go to baseball games never cover our game. Really, they know nothing about the game. When the hot topic comes up, now they want to have an opinion on it.
5: Yeah, that always fries me, too. Yeah. And it, it's all because of what happened last night. If, if this was any other record, they wouldn't have said anything. But since it's something that has to do with Bonds and the Giants, and I even brought up to one of my Giants friends. I was talking about it last night before we left the, the Coliseum last night. I said about I said about uh, Aaron Judge and the home runs, and, I, and I'm, I'm on the side of I think Bonds is still the home run champion. That doesn't doesn't mean it. My opinion doesn't ma- matter. But my friend goes, Well, that's because Bonds is the OG. He's the best he so you're telling me that people like Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron didn't exist, that Barry Bonds is the only home run hitter to ever play the game of baseball? There's no other guy's that ever hit home runs. Barry Bonds is the original home run hitter? That's such a flawed well, flawed assessment of the game.
0: And and, and here's the real here, here's the real answer. It's sad. It really is sad that and and what has happened and what these hacks don't want to address is the fact that all these years later, the black cloud still exists over the game, right? These guys set you, – you want to talk about give money – you want to ask to give money back? Ask to have Bonds have, put all his money back. Game of Shadows will tell you when he started taking steroids. Have Bonds from the late 90s on give all his money back. You want You want baseball to give money back to the fans and have Bonds give his money back. And and have all the other guys give their money back. If you wanna go if we wanna get into the take money back category, by the way, you think Bond's gonna give that money back? No. Okay. So really the answer to all of it is sad that since that time we're now decades past. We're in twenty twenty two still talk about this. Yeah, that was two thousand and one two thousand one. So that black cloud follows and follows every year when the Hall of Fame vote. This is this era. Of murky black cloud, bad for baseball, yet it was good for baseball at the time, helped bring baseball back. But in the end, it's been bad for baseball. And here we are still addressing it as a guy we believe has just set something, a record that's very, that should be celebrated, should be a huge deal. Now it's like, hey, is it really? Is it not? Is it the record? Is it not? It's just, it's sad that we're at this point. And by the way, as long as Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and all these other guys are alive and not getting into the Hall of Fame, this black cloud doesn't go away.
5: I'm with you. There's, I don't know if we'll have time to get the breaking news, but I'll just tell you right now, has something to do with this game today and it has something to do with the Angels. Official from the Angels. Official Twitter account at Angels. Official, the Angels have agreed to terms on a one-year contract with Phil Nevin, no! from the team's field manager. No way. Phil Nevin will be back in 2023. The
0: only good move he's made was the Kurt Suzuki move last night. Which officially, you're this looking at it right official. there. This is not official. Is this a hack? Count. Has this been? Wow. A one-year contract. So, so he's already a lame duck. So after this game, he's already a lame duck.
5: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. So there goes my theory of Donnie baseball. Well, we already know where Donnie baseball is going. Ray claims that he's going. Cal to the White State Ducks.
0: Fullerton, great Phil Nevin. I played against him. He was great. We got late to me Cal State Fullerton guys around here. Um, um, Bakate, Kurt Suzuki. <laughs> a lot of Cal State Fullerton. I. They they got issues, man. I, I I mean, their their young player Mark Gubazov put it out there pretty. I mean, he spelled it out two days ago. I mean, they do. They they have got young guys that they believe they're going to have an opportunity to compete. But but when all your money is in three guys in a twenty six man roster, all your money's in three guys. Yeah, it's not.
7: Especially it's not two of
0: them, and I'm not going to say Trout is injury prone, but man, he's missed forty two games. Not only has Rendon not been healthy, he's been bad. Yeah, he's been really bad. What did we see last night? He comes back. He's hitting two twenty-five.
5: Yeah, was no power. Wasn't good last year. Uh, I mean, you can't. I mean, you don't want to say child's injury prone. But the last few years, he's been injured.
0: Oh, here's the thing I want. But he's to been get carrying into. the Angels on his back since 2012. You got me sucked into that home run thing. Um, 209 days ago, where are you? MLB and the MLBPA agreed on a new CBA deal. That was 200 days ago? 209 209 days ago. Think about that. 2,430 games have been played. It's been 181 days since opening day back on April 7th. It's half a year. I mean... I remember it was like it was it, – I, I talked about it last night because we had a caller last night, a uh, kid called from New York who talked about how – or it might not have been the kid from New York. It was – somebody called last night at the game show and talked about how, you know, A's cast really helped them get through COVID. Because, I mean – I'm not trying to pick on our brethren in radio, but they were very limited. Once they didn't have games, they were very limited on what they could do, right? Um, and a lot of people started coming to us, and we saw it in the numbers in the downloads of people that were coming to us for Ace Cast Live because of the content we were producing. We, we did basically eight months of Major League Baseball without having actual baseball games. Yeah. And baseball is the one sport that you can really delve into the history. You know, people got into the last dance, and you could go into the last dance all you want, but that could only take you so far. But, you know, what we have been through, you and I building this thing, Ace Cast Live, you know, through the pandemic, but the lockout was the one thing that really stopped us. Uh, And it was smart by the organization because a lot of things were being said. We bring on a lot of people, national people. Uh, and the last thing we wanted was to have, a, an, have a, a Ken Rosenthal or Bob Nightingale say something on our show. And next thing you know, it's Ken Rosenthal said set on, set on Ace lot. You know, we didn't want to be a part of that discussion when there's lawyers, there's all these things going on. But, yeah, the lockout was tough. And the fact that we came out of this lockout, and we got a five-year deal, we're not going to have a problem with it. But labor stop, labor stoppage is always hard. It's brutal. It really is brutal. And to think that 209 days ago was where MLB and MLPA come together and and give us that deal, wow. This season's been wild. It has. And and hopefully what we're going to, you know, I know people have looked at this and they have said, well, the end of the season, what we have today, there's nothing going on, right? Everything is settled. We're playing for nothing right now. The seating's set, teams are set, but you know what? I'll sacrifice that for the tournament we're about to go in. You know, if, 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 if what we had left was, oh, my God, what's going to happen between, you know, if we had one less team of oh, the Padres and the Phillies. Or
5: the Braves and Mets going for the division.
0: Anything. None of that. I'll take, I'll take this tournament we're going to have over where whether the Padres or the Phillies are going to be in the postseason. Yeah. Because that affects only two teams, two towns. Most people wouldn't watch it. Most people wouldn't care. Well, today there is something we
5: can do before we go because we do have like a minute. We say goodbye to Albert Pujols and Yadier
0: Molina. We Uh, don't. They're going to the playoffs. Well,
5: regular season career. We say goodbye to Don Mattingly as the manager of the uh, Marlins.
0: And not you predicted manager of the Angels. That's
5: now over. Ray says the White Sox. We'll see. We say goodbye to Dennis Eckersley as a broadcaster for the Red Sox. X coming back home. He's coming back to live in the Bay Area.
0: But he said his uh, he's a Boston Red Sox. I
5: saw that last night. A little disappointing. We, and we got one more. We're going to say about a Stephen Vogt, but I want to play this highlight for you because it's one of Stephen Vogt's, probably his best play of his career. High
2: drama. Oh. Extreme tension at the old ballpark in Oakland. One ball, one strike. The winning run is 90 feet away in the ninth in a scoreless game. Porcello peers in to get his sign. First base side of the rubber. And now the 1-1 pitch, here it is, and it's swung on a- line to left, base hit, and the A's have won it! Cespedes scores from third, a line drive, base hit to left by Steven Vogt, and the A's have even the series! A riveting pitcher's duel, and in the bottom of the ninth inning, the only run of the game is scored by the Oakland A's on a base hit to left by Vogt one nothing athletics and we go to Detroit tied up
5: so we say goodbye to Stephen Vogt we say goodbye to Kurt Suzuki yesterday So we'll say goodbye to him again today if he gets in but final game for Stephen Vogt we've known him for for, I mean you've known him longer than I have but I've known him for a long time we share the same birthday uh great career bring it back to yourself which is always good it's what a great producer slash whatever does
0: Uh, yeah. Two of the best human beings that have ever walked through those doors. I mean, you're talking guys that the way they, you know, we're not honoring these guys because they won MVPs because they're going into the hall of fame. We're not. That's not why we're honoring these guys today. We're honoring these guys today because of who they are as people. And they are unbelievable people who have accomplished some really cool things as you've seen uh, Kurt Suzuki and Stephen Vogt, both part of World Series teams with the Nats and the Braves. They both made all-star teams. Uh, but even better, I mean, they're be- they're great people who are going to stay in the game, no question about it. And But today we're honoring them because of how many people that they have touched. You know, whether you've been in uniform with them, not in uniform, they're just uh, salt of the earth. I mean, for us... This just starts uh, the off season, so we're going to take the next two days off. Big game
5: in San Jose Friday night. Look for us there.
0: Yes, San Jose State and uh, UNLV, UNLV running you
5: wanna, Rebels. You know, is that seven thirty kick? I believe it is. Yeah, CBS Sports Network for the game if you want to watch Huge it. Huge football game. Might be the biggest game, biggest game in San Jose State history. Huge
0: football game, and then we'll be back on Monday at one o'clock, and we start our off season every. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 1 to 4. We replay it from 4 to 7. So, basically, we got you covered from 1 to 7 every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We'll always be updating all the programming. And uh, we just go into off-season programming. Everybody else is saying goodbye today, hugs and kisses and goodbye. We're going to miss you. We're not going anywhere. We'll be back on Monday, A's Cast Live. Coming up next, we'll get you ready for the final game of the season, the Halos and the Athletics, Waldachuk against Otani. That's it.
5: See you on Monday. Well, see you well, on Friday. It's like you
0: haven't been here in a month, so I it's mean. almost like you need to get back to work to earn yeah, your paycheck. I, yeah, true. Ray, great job this year. Great job, Cody. We'll see everybody on Monday right here on A's Cast Live.
1: The Eno Sarah Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com.
3: This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.